0: Life, where we talk about all things vintage and celebrate the grace and charm of an earlier era. I'm your host, Jennifer Leo, and it's March 28, 2019, as I record this. This is episode number eight, and today's topic is loosely tied to last week's Home X show, because I'll be talking about spring cleaning, which seems like a sort of Home topic, don't you think? Don't worry, I'm not going to bombard you with stern admonitions to vacuum all the lampshades. Although, if they need it, as mine surely do, spring is as good a time as any to get it done. Today what I hope to give you, and myself, is just some inspiration to get some spring cleaning done. If we need to talk specifics, maybe I'll do so in a later episode. But before I get to our topic, here's a brief update on my own writing. I'm still hard at work on the 1930s novel, so nothing new to report there, except that so far this week I've been able to keep up with my daily word count goal, which is sort of incredible. Many thanks to Sarah Cannon over at heartbreathings.com for helping me figure out a solid productivity method for writing books that seems to be working for me. Having a system for managing my writing time has helped me corral my easily distractible brain and keep on task. I'm also finishing up an article for Sandpoint Magazine about the history of our local beach, the oh-so-poetically named City Beach. I love delving into the history of things and spending large swaths of time at our local museum, leafing through old photographs and documents. So having articles like this to write helps me indulge in that favorite pastime. And now on to the topic, spring cleaning. Did your family do spring cleaning when you were growing up? Do you do it today? In case you're unfamiliar with the concept, in the olden days, spring cleaning was a time when the whole house was cleaned, top to bottom, attic to basement to garage to gardening shed, Upholstered furniture was taken outside and aired in the sun. Rugs were taken up and beaten, and floors polished. Heavy winter curtains were taken down and replaced with lighter ones. Basically, picture everything you own spread out on your front lawn for all your neighbors to see and evaluate, except they'd be too busy to spy on your stuff because they'd be working on their own house Windows were washed, and so were walls and ceilings. In Home Comforts, her encyclopedic tome on housekeeping, Cheryl Mendelsohn explains that this thorough scrubbing of all and sundry was necessary because of the way homes were heated and lighted in those days, with coal, gas, oil, kerosene, and candles and fireplaces. She writes, by winter's end, everything in the house was coated with a malodorous layer of black grease and grime, the ugliness of which would become ever more apparent as the days became longer and sunnier, She points out that modern heating and lighting systems no longer create this layer of soot and grime, so a thorough scrubbing might not feel as necessary. Still, there are Cobwebs galore to contend with, and smudges, and mud. Oh, is there mud here in North Idaho. Impossible to avoid it here on our mountain. Sticky, oozing mud. But it's not snow, so there's that. In the house I grew up in, we didn't turn the whole house upside down come spring. But I remember certain chores like removing and washing the storm windows and replacing them with screens. And we had a lot of windows. The smell of Windex still carries me back to those golden afternoons of wishing I were just about anywhere else doing anything else than washing windows. And there was usually a a yard cleanup day with much raking and bagging and wishing I could go ride my bicycle in the warm sunshine. I wasn't much for yard work, or housework, or really for much work at all, for that matter. But I digress. The point was, we did some spring cleanup, but we certainly didn't empty every closet and drawer, or scrub every baseboard the way the housewives of old did, plus whichever offspring they could press into service, or, in more stately homes, the servants'. As part of cleaning these millions of windows, at least it seemed like millions, we took the draperies off the rods and either laundered them or took them to the dry cleaner, depending on what they were made of. But we didn't dry them on stretchers the old-fashioned way. In her 1937 novel Daphne Dean by Grace Livingston Hill, the title character goes about the charmingly antique task of curtain-stretching, while enjoying the company of the attractive young man who lives next door. Here's a sparkling vintage literary snippet for you from Daphne Dean by Grace Livingston Hill. Quote, But Daphne did not wash curtains the next morning, though the sun was shining brightly, and she had made her brother bring the curtain stretchers down from the attic and set them in position for her. She had put on a little blue print dress, one of her plainest morning dresses, and was all ready to go, but instead she went to answer a knock at the front door, and found Keith Morrell standing humbly on the porch, an eager look in his eyes. "'Good morning,' he said. "'Are you very busy? Would I be a terrible nuisance if I asked a favor of you?' As it happens, the young swain gets roped into helping with the curtains." although he doesn't seem to mind too much. He gallantly carries the curtains to the laundry room and dumps them into tubs of soapy water. There they need to soak a while, which gives hero and heroine time to repair to the vine-covered porch where they can continue their mutual admiration society. Later they stretch the curtains on the stretchers that the poor brother had brought down from the attic. I had to look these up, never having seen a curtain stretcher. They looked to be heavy wooden rods with measurements marked on them. These apparently kept the fabric from shrinking and wrinkling before being rehung on the windows. Anyway, how often is it that in our modern world we can enjoy some moments of innocent flirtation while doing spring cleaning? that would surely make the process move a lot faster, in my opinion. I don't love spring cleaning, but I do love the results of spring cleaning. The fresh carpets, the sparkling clear windows, the knowledge that all science experiments have been expelled from the back of the whistle-clean refrigerator, the polished cherry wood table just waiting to receive a vase full of colorful tulips, Something about spring cleaning is as restorative for the soul as it is for the house. What are your thoughts about spring cleaning? Do you love it? Loathe it? (laughs) Do you do it at all? Why or why not? No judgment here. If you have a spring cleaning routine, I'd love to know what sorts of chores you tackle. Does the whole family get involved? Or do you shoo the family out so you can work uninterrupted? Do you have any tips to make it more fun, like playing upbeat music or rewarding yourself with a nice dinner afterward or inviting a friend over or the handsome young man next door? (laughs) I'd love to hear about it. I need all the inspiration I can get. Just leave me a comment in the show notes at sparklingvintagelife.com slash podcast under episode eight. Or if you'd like to send me an email, my email address is Jenny, J E N N Y, at JenniferLamontLeo.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'll be back in a moment with this week's Grace Note. <music> This week's Grace Note is the book I mentioned earlier in the episode, Home Comforts, by Cheryl Mendelsohn. First published in 1999, this thick, heavy volume covers everything you could possibly want to know about cleaning and caring for a home, from scrubbing and dusting to cooking to laundry to household safety. If you don't need it, maybe someone in your household does, maybe your kids who are learning to do these things. It's a a very handy reference to keep around. The author goes in-depth, maybe a little too in-depth for some, and even addresses how to care for specialized items like pianos and books. There's even a section on domestic employment laws, should you be in a position to be hiring help. Cheryl Mendelson happens to be a lawyer as well as a domestic maven. If this all sounds dry as, well, dust, it's not. It's a well-written book, and I truly enjoy picking it up to read when I need some housework inspiration. The problem is, I'd rather read about cleaning than actually do it. But, to paraphrase an old song... Sunshine on my cobwebs makes me itchy. (laughs) Guess I'd better go plug in the vacuum. You can subscribe to A Sparkling Vintage Life at iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Also, I can't believe I've let eight episodes go by without inviting you to subscribe to my newsletter. You can sign up at jenniferlamontleo.com and I'll send you a free PDF download of 22 Simple Ways to Add Vintage Sparkle to Your Days as a thank you for joining. And that's it for today, my sparkling friend. Have a lovely week. Enjoy the changing seasons wherever you may live. And tune in again next Thursday when I'll be back with another topic on a sparkling vintage life.